Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the podcast. I apologize for missing last week. Also, the newsletter didn't go out last week, but I've got a good excuse. I mean, it was Thanksgiving here in the U.S., so you got to take some time off. The major holidays, I'll let myself take off and get a free pass for. So back at it this week, though, and I got to tell you, I've been so busy. I feel like I've been busier than I've almost ever been. That's because, of course, I'm working on the productivity course. If you haven't heard about this yet, um, what I'm working on is something I'm so excited about. I'm just like ecstatic about this. Well, I go through times when I'm really excited and also like, what am I doing? And I just kind of want to give you some behind the scenes, talk about it. But I want to talk about it through the context or through the lens of my Apple setup, like my devices, like what I'm like, how I'm employing them to make this big, huge, enormous project happen. So if you don't know, though, I'm working on a productivity course that's designed specifically for uh, people in the Apple ecosystem to help them be more efficient and productive and experience less burnout and basically become productivity superstars. And part of why I do courses like this is for myself. Like I wanted to do a deep dive into this subject and, and become adept at this uh, very knowledgeable and so I started from a place of, you know, more ignorance about it. You hear this term productivity is like a buzzword. Everyone's talking about it. But a lot of people don't really understand what it actually means. I, I kind of fit into that category before I really got going on this. I'm realizing as I've gotten into it. And uh, this is very much a case of me once again going out and saying, I want to learn about this thing and learning about it so that I can also immediately teach what I learned. That's a it's good for several reasons, uh, but you know when it's really fresh and you've you've put it to use. So it's fun because I'm actually able to use the things that I've been learning about um, to make the actual course itself. But wow, I bit off a lot, and uh, there are times when I'm like, "Can I can I chew this huge bite here?" The thing is, um, I'm uh, there's a balance to be had between you know I want to deliver as much value as possible. And I do think this course is going to be life-changing for people. And I don't say that lightly. Very, very valuable stuff here. And it's not even just the information. It's the fact that it's curated. Everything's presented on a silver platter. You know, if you're going out to learn something like this on your own, you have to start from ground zero. You know, maybe, maybe someone is going to read a book, one book on the subject or something. Or maybe they're going to read a a few articles or something, right? But there's actually so so many books out there um, with with good ideas and actually a lot of overlap. So to have somebody um, say like, here's what's worth knowing about and weed out all the stuff that overlaps, that's redundant, present it to you uh, in as, you know, as little time as possible without cutting out the important bits while also telling you about, there's like so many productivity systems. How do you pick, you know? Uh, and then how do you apply this all to your Apple life, you know, your Apple ecosystem, your actual devices. And of course, because it's me, I'll be talking a lot about, you know, different apps and stuff that you can actually use. So it gets very practical. Uh, it's just, it's very comprehensive, but also not overwhelming. Is the, is the That's what I'm going for anyways. But it's so much work. And if you have ever undertaken a huge project, you probably realize, you know, that first uh, step is really the steepest. And that's definitely the case. In fact, there was one section within the course that almost kept me, it delayed me for months. And I'm not kidding because I knew it was like, that is going to be a beast to tackle. And, and it just, it was like a mental block. It was like a roadblock 
or a road bump. And I just, I couldn't get past it. And then finally I got some traction and I started working on, um, let's see, there was one, two, three, four, five. There was five sections of the course that came before this one particular thing that I was kind of dreading. And once I started digging in and got that momentum, it came to that part and I was like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. And I did it. And it took me like half a day actually. And, um, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And it, now that I did it, uh, it's, it's almost like I'm empowered to do the rest. So really like anything, it's just like getting started is the hardest thing, honestly. But now that I'm going and now that that's over, I feel like I'm just tearing it up and it's almost like I can't wait to keep digging into it. And it's hard because something like this, it's really like all consuming. And so it's hard once you are going to stop, you know, so like something will come up necessarily throughout the day. And it's hard to switch. And someone will be like, my wife will be asking me something. It's like, it's hard for me to switch my brain out of course mode. <laughs> and like, even when I'm laying in bed trying to go to sleep, or if I wake up during the middle of the night or something, I'm like thinking about the course. And I'm like, I should really uh, add this to the thing. I don't want to forget about it. If I don't write it down, you know, if I go back to sleep, I'm, I'm going to leave this really important thing out or it's phrased just perfectly, or wouldn't this be good? And uh, it's hard to, well, I, I don't know. It's just, the, uh, the, all I can say is it's really been all consuming. It makes it hard to do other things. So, so I've been a little bit radio silent also on the main channel because I've been in the midst of this in, in the heavy production, you know, we're past the planning phase and everything. It's like really getting into it. And so there's going to be a little less content on the channel in the meantime. Thankfully, the reason why I do these things in December is because the ad revenue tends to be really good. goes up a little, holds steady on YouTube. Um, because of the holidays, you know, c companies want to reach people more for the holidays. And uh, that just makes this a good time to work on a side hustle, a side project for a YouTuber, at least for me in the tech space here. So I kind of have some leeway um, and some uh, like a buffer uh, for me to not take a huge hit on the main business while I work on something else. Now, I'm going to still have some stuff coming out. Um, in fact, I got gear piling up uh, at the uh, post office box companies have been sending me stuff left and right, which I'm really excited to tear into and, and cover and check out and explore just for my own sake, much less for putting up on the channel. So yes, I'm going to have a backlog, but it's almost like a reward. It's like when I get this all finished, I'm going to have a lot of good stuff, but I should have a new video coming out next week too. And uh, I just had a couple of decent videos up on the channel as well. Um, iPad related, which are, which are going to float me through this period here. And hopefully you guys too. <laughs> um, I, I hate it when people take a break too, when there's channels that I really enjoy, you know, hanging out with digitally, you know, it's like, ah, you know, you want them to be consistent and, and have no life kind of for your own benefit. But this course though, for me is, um, you know, I've done one course before it was the crypto course and, uh, it taught me the value of having something to sell. And when I saw the numbers on that thing, it was surprising to me because that wasn't related to my, you know, core audience or subject in any way, shape or form, crypto and Apple, you know, tech that very loosely related, if related in any way, shape or form. Right. But it sold and the numbers were, you know, kind of surprising. Uh, and so to, and after that I was like, well, okay, now I've got some experience for how to do this thing, how to make a course. Um, I know what it takes, what's involved. And wouldn't it be nice to have something that the audience actually cared about that brought them a lot of value? Um, and it's like a win-win. Here's something I can offer, enhance your life with, and in return, you know, uh, exchange for some money, you know, like this is just a win-win. And I feel like 
this thing really nails it. Now I'm up to something here. We'll see how this goes. I expect it to do well because it is, uh, uh, you know, it's going to solve some problems for some people. For me, I sort of envision um, creating it, what I'm thinking of as like an achievement platform. I'm kind of open sourcing what I'm up to here because ideas are nothing. Execution is everything. You can put the idea out there and someone else will be like, that's a good idea. But if they're not passionate about it, knowledgeable, you know, if they don't have the audience, you know, already, it's like, well, okay, you know, feel free to, to, to try to do it yourself, you know, but also when you put something out there in public, it, it's a way for people to kind of like build with you, give you some feedback and it kind of helps hold you accountable as well. So I kind of have this achievement platform in mind and this productivity piece is sort of what I envision as, uh, like the, the foundational thing, the capstone, you know, that everything else is, is built on because whatever it is that you are going to do in life, you, you can do it productively or you should do it productively. So I have other courses in mind that I can group together with this and kind of offer, um, as a bundle or individually, um, but to help people achieve. So let me tell you a little bit about how I'm actually doing this, how I'm putting it together. You know, I've been obviously producing a lot of this at my desk. Um, and I've just got my, 14 inch MacBook Pro hooked up to the studio display. I've got the iPad Pro, or the M2, off to the left, but I got this great new stand. It's from 12 South. You might have seen the Hover Bar Duo on the channel before, which is like a, an interesting stand that uh, 12 South made. They've come out with the Hover Bar Tower. This is brand new, and I got to make a video on this soon. And it's really meant, it's, it's, it's tall. It's basically tall. It's like a floor stand for your iPad, uh, which is nothing new. I mean, those have been around for a long time, but it's the nicest one I've ever seen. Um, it, it really does hit most of the things you would want a floor stand to be able to do. So I think they're really marketing it for people who are into like exercise and stuff. You're going to stick this in front of your stationary bike and have your iPad right in front of you. And it's not going to shake around, you know, as you pedal, that kind of thing. Or you set it up when you're doing your weights, uh, if you're doing your Apple fitness, whatever. However, you don't have to use it for that. You can also, you know, plop it down next to your chair and uh, just have like a hands-free experience or you can have it in, you know, next to your bed. Uh, but I've actually got it set up um, at my desk here right now. This is how I've put it to use. And what's cool is I'm floating it next to, so the stand is on the floor, but it's got this arm that comes out and I'm floating it next to my studio display. So I've got my Mac open over onto the right of the studio display. I got the iPad over on the left. And what I like about this setup is because it's just floating there and it doesn't it's not reliant on being on the desk i have a like extra space not only does it feel you know less cluttered and more airy but like that's usable space i can put my headphones under there or i can store stuff there um so it's really cool i like that setup a lot uh, i've been listening to some focus playlists <laughs> in uh, apple music um been listening to the pure focus playlist quite a bit you know uh, i also like the bedtime beats just for just about any kind of work that I'm doing, even though it's called Bedtime Beats. Uh, that was just kind of good, but but this one's good. And uh, I've been typing a lot of this just on my Magic Keyboard. That's been working out okay. And every now and then, I got a favorite chair, you know, out in uh, my living room where I just pack up the, the MacBook Pro there and just go out there. That I don't like that as much because I feel like this is like a command station, a command center. I can have Apple Notes open and kind of have like some scratch notes open on my macbook pro screen and then i've got jarvis open that's where i'm doing all the actual writing i'll talk more about that in a second on my main display and then off to the left i've got the outline for the whole course the master outline open in uh, a mind map in mind node and i just feel like this is like my cockpit the command center and 
when I pack up and I just have that one screen over in the chair, yes, it's more comfortable, right? And it gets me um, in it. It lets me kind of change up the scene a little bit, but I'm missing out on all of the, you know, the benefit of just being able to glance over and see like, where am I at? in in the midst of the whole outline and process and then also if, if i need to make some scratch notes i don't have to like switch around windows you know all the time and stuff so um so that's what's been working the best and that's how i've been kind of putting this together and the idea here is just sort of to buckle down for you know two or three or four weeks whatever it's going to take to to get this thing produced and and find finish it up because you know you could do and maybe somebody could do this I thought about just like, well, I'll do a section a week for, you know, like however long that takes. But I can't do that. I can't switch in and out of it. For me, I have to just like really either be in it or be out of it. And right now I'm knee deep in it. So yeah, I, I am using um, Jasper. Now, if you know anything about this, Jasper, which used to be Jarvis, it can do some writing for you. That's not how I'm using it. That really wouldn't bring any value to anybody. <laughs> um, but how I'm using it is when I need to rephrase something or when I need to, when I'm like stuck, and I'm like, well, how, how could I say this or something? You know, I'll have it give me an idea and then that'll spark something. I'm like, okay, now I know how I want to phrase this or something. You know, you know, something else it's really good at is like it has a summarizer built in. If there's something that I need to dive into, I can like take an article and stick it in the summarizer and quickly comprehend it. Uh, you know, if, if I need to fill in some of my own knowledge gaps, for instance, but yeah, I've been going through a lot of books, been doing uh, a lot of reading to understand this topic myself. There's a lot of uh, people who you would consider thought leaders, you know, and to go out, find what it is that they're thinking deeply about, absorb it and come back and have something to say about it, pick out the things that need to be said. It's all, a, it's a big process. So right now I feel like um, maybe 20% if, if that, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20%, maybe 18% done with the writing of the script. And uh, this is going to be such a big thing. I, I got to do the script and then I have to do the actual filming. And when I, last time when I filmed it, you know, my first course, I, I did it all in a day. You, I feel like I have to do it in a day. Number one for the continuity, right? Someone's going through and watching this. You don't want to have like be changing shirts and your hairstyles like a little bit different. You know, it makes sense to keep it all uniform. So I plan on filming this all in one day, even though this is much longer than the other course. And last time when I did this, I've done some big uh, things before. I did a really long podcast a while back uh, episode. There was like a special episode. But, but anytime I do this when I'm talking a lot, you know, you can tell I, I start out, my voice is like normal and stuff. And then by the end of it, it's a, like kind of hoarse <laughs> and, uh, and it just sucks the energy out of you. You sit down and even if you're, you had a great breakfast and you're, you know, your coffee and stuff by the end of it, you don't realize, you know, how much effort you've been putting in until you, you turn off the camera and stuff and you just, you're just like wasted because you know, you wouldn't think sitting there in front of a camera really takes a lot of energy, but it does. It takes a lot of energy um, to be present and to have, you know, interesting things to say and say them well. You're putting on a presentation, basically. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it can definitely take it out of you. So that's step two. And then step three would be to actually get it edited. And that part worries me because, you know, how do you do the illustrations and the B-roll for something like this? I think I'm going to take more of a chalkboard approach with this instead of relying on you know, like B-roll or stock footage type of stuff um, and kind of draw out, write out what I'm talking about and thinking about for a lot of it, not all of it, but that's going to take some time. And that's not even it. Once I get it all written, uh, filmed, shot, edited, I'm not even done then. Then you have to package it up and upload it to your delivery platform 
And then you got to work on the marketing material because you got to let people know like what's in this thing. Why do you want it? What, what is the benefit going to be? Why should you pay for this thing? And then I think I'll probably make a trailer for it is what I'm thinking this time. In, in the last course I did like a, I left a little bit of it free, you know, so that people could preview the quality and like what's in it. This time I think I'm just going to make a trailer because this is the kind of thing like somebody knows if it's worth it for them or if it's not. And after on this one, I'm chasing the right customer. I'm not trying to get everyone to sign up. And I know I'm going to get people who are like, you know, the people who are like, I'm not going to pay this price for it. They wouldn't pay $1 for it, right? There's no value to them, that that kind of person. So I'm looking for the right person. I've learned in the from the past, and not just from course stuff, but when you're selling anything, that uh, finding the right customers is so much better than trying to convince everybody that they need what it is that you're offering. So the marketing piece, um, you know, and, and the, the trailer, if that's what I do, are going to be important in talking to those particular people. But then I'll make an announcement, you know, like some sort of a video on the actual YouTube. So you can see this is a huge, 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 huge project. But what I love about it is you do the work once and it continues to work for you forever. I mean, over and over and over again. And this is the kind of thing where I'll be able to update it and keep adding value to it over time. You know, so when somebody buys it, they'll get like lifetime updates. And I have some really good updates planned, things that I would like to include now that I just, it's outside of the scope of like being able to actually accomplish this, um, hopefully before the new year here, you know, so really cool. And then it's also the kind of thing, once you have, this is an asset, it's valuable and, and I own it cause I made it, you know, I could go out and I could buy some stocks or, uh, or I could like buy another company, but this is my way of creating an asset that I then own and it's going to generate money for me you know, so you put in the work and you're done with that aspect of it. And, uh, it just really compounds. So part of this for me also is if anything ever happened to, you know, my YouTube audience, like YouTube shut down itself or somehow something happened to my account or something like this is something, this asset that I can take and I can go and market it elsewhere, you know? So I have a built-in audience that I can talk to and, and basically market this thing for free. But then depending on, on how it goes, um, I can also take this and go pay to maybe sponsor some other YouTube channels or do some Instagram or Twitter advertising, Facebook advertising. And of course, when I'm running those sorts of ads, I don't have to be uploading videos, you know? So this is a valuable thing. It's um, definitely part of my diversification strategy and I'm just excited about it for so many reasons. I'm, I'm really, honestly, I know you're probably thinking like, well, he's just excited to, to make some money. Yeah, but I'm also really excited to deliver this to my audience. I'm making something that I would want. And this is the kind of thing I can't wait for people to dig into because it's, it's so deep. I'm finding out it's not just about like the productivity, you know, and like the systems and the thoughts and the books and the concepts and, and the tips it's, there's more to it. It's like, this is about being a successful person. And, you know, it talks about like setting goals and, and being motivated. And I'm really excited for people to get their hands on it. Okay. Um, so, and I, I should say I'll be using the iPad. The iPad is going to figure in prominently the iPad pro, uh, with the chalkboard aspect or whiteboard aspect when I'm, when I'm drawing stuff out, what I mean is, uh, to illustrate stuff, I'll be doing that on the iPad. Um, so yeah, I mean, really it is my Apple ecosystem that's allowing me to pull all this stuff together and, uh, and, and make this really cool thing. And I should say too. 
you know, my uh, noise canceling headphones have been invaluable here as well. I've actually been killing the batteries and having to switch out in between uh, my AirPods Pro Max and I've been using the Beats Fit Pro, which has been awesome. By the way, if you want to see me in the Beats Fit Pro uh, ad that just came out, you can go to the Amazon Beats Fit Pro website and there's a video there. It has a bunch of YouTubers and uh, I was a part of that. Um, so that's cool, but I've been relying on those. I love these things, um, but I killed the battery on both of those. I've been switching off back and forth uh, to help me concentrate here as I've been making this thing. So, okay, so there's some good behind the scenes there. I do just wanna say, Apple and China, this is a, an interesting subject, an interesting and concerning subject. I have a lot to say about this. I have uh, some feelings, some strong feelings, but I don't just wanna have a, a, an unthought out rant about it. I want to think deeply about this and then present some of my thoughts on it because I'm starting to feel a little bit conflicted. I, I'm a big fan of Apple's devices, really rely on them, as you know. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's become, you know, a big, it, it is, it's a big part of my life. It's not my life, but it's a big part of my life. It's my, you know, a big part of my professional life talking about it. I enjoy personally using these devices. I rely on them, but Apple, like other companies, American companies, um, brings up some dilemmas as an American um, with their relationship with China. So like one of the big things recently, I don't know if anyone saw this in the news, but Apple, all the Apple blogs covered this recently, disabled some airdrop feature that hampered citizens' ability over in China to uh, communicate with each other using airdrop, which doesn't require the internet, which is censored and monitored. And, uh, it was like Apple basically hampering, you know, free speech over there in China. And there was a reporter that was going around. German covered this, uh, asking Tim Cook as he was walking down a hallway while he was in DC, Hey, what about Apple in China? Hey, what about this airdrop situation? Hey, what about, you know, like free speech and stuff. And of course, um, it wasn't like a planned thing and Cook chose to just ignore those questions and kind of walk to the other side of, uh, of the hallway there. But they're questions that I would like Apple to answer. You know, so the, the concern here is that, you know, it used to be that, uh, you know, Americans kind of considered, hey, let's export these American products and companies and it will sort of spread democracy and American values and freedom around the world. And what's kind of happened is we're kind of getting an opposite effect. It seems like in some cases, in a lot of cases where, you know, these companies in order to do business in China, which is a big market, which these companies want access to, they have to do, they have to set their company up in these um, crazy ways that it gives the, uh, you know, they have to kind of like create a new company from what I understand. And it kind of gives the Chinese a controlling interest in that local version of the company and access to all this information and on top of that, you get somebody like Apple who's making 90 plus percent of an iPhone, you know, in China, that's a lot of leverage. So when these issues come up, like, hey, disable this feature that would let people communicate and say things maybe about the government that we don't want them to say, and Apple, you know, says, okay, they comply, that's not good. Because of course the leverage is uh, when you make your products and you're reliant on China to this extent, what are you going to do? You know, the government can easily ruin your business, basically, if you don't jump in line with what they want. There's that. 
and I, you know, there's some other issues that Apple is involved in or that intersect with Apple that I feel like are important to discuss at some point. And I don't know when that point is, um, but some things that do concern me. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just, you don't want to feel conflicted about the, the company that you, in some ways, love the products of. And in other ways, it feels like that company maybe doesn't uphold, you know, the values uh, or have the same mindset. There's just some some concerns because, you know, what's the point of a company? I guess that's what it kind of comes back to. Is it to make good products or is it to serve some other purpose? It hasn't been that traditionally. If a company is American, you know, is it supposed to work in Americans' interests versus uh, work against American interests and in the interests of other people around the world? You know, there's, there's all these swirling questions that it would be nice to have some clarification from. But I, I think actions do speak louder than words. And and when you ask for clarification, all you have to really do is say, well, what is Apple doing? And you see things like the airdrop feature being turned off. And that's some clarification. So anyways, uh, more stuff to talk about, but could not be more excited uh, for this course. I can't talk anymore because I got to get back to the course. But thank you for hanging out. I appreciate the reviews, by the way. I, I never ask for this, but every now and then I do go check the reviews in the Apple um, podcast app. And and it's so nice to see the comments. People are like, hey, really enjoy this. Feel like talking with a friend and stuff. And uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody that's listening right now. I feel like you're some of the, I hate to say the true fans, because I know there's fans that are very silent, you know, or or that are just on YouTube or whatever. But the people that have come over to the podcast too, I feel like it's just on a different level. So I just want to say thanks, and I'll catch you guys in the next video. Later.